Hello, George Alford, Local Matters. Very excited today. I've, I've been ex- excited for a long time about this program. I hope I'm correct, guys. Uh, ver- today's uh, session is on something I feel has been personally and others have been needed for a long time. It's talking about the community of faith and the community, the values and where we are in a community or region uh, and a state. And we'll even talk about the nation. But I'm very pleased to have two great friends, two great people, Bobby Davis, in no order, by the way, unless we're doing uh, youngest or oldest first, and I'll let y'all figure that out. Bobby Davis, a pastor of Life Church, and Steve Tebote, the pastor of The River. Yeah, yeah, we're glad to be here. And, uh, and uh, you know, Bobby is the oldest. Let's just clarify that from the beginning. Can we do that? Okay. That's why right. everything on his head is gray. I everything. Would rather, I would rather use the word mature. <laughs> that's it. That's <laughs> it. If our audience can't tell, these guys are friends. And that's yeah. one of the things we want to talk about today is is the, the relationships among, the, uh, among our ministry, yeah. among our churches, among people. And again, this is just one little snapshot. There mm-hmm. are more. Obviously, the community of faith is broader. It encompasses a lot more people. And, but we want to start and talk to you guys. Uh, and i got to be quiet. That, that's a tough job, Bobby. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to work on that. The um, first part of our program is this, this program is really about interesting people from all walks of life who every day make a difference or, or have a skill or in our community, in our region. And so it, it can it, it can vary greatly, and today we have y'all, you guys. You can y'all. say y'all. We're, y'all. we're both from here. No, I, I we're actually, both from Tennessee. Yeah, I can yeah. handle you. I'm, I'm from Yeah, you and <laughs> I don't know where mine came from. I'm from Mississippi. No, I'm y'all. Yeah, you're y'all too. I don't know what happened. But anyway, let's start, and we can start with either one of y'all. Let's start with birth. Okay, and, and go all the way through, but don't spend a lot of time in high school. But you know, <laughs> Billy Graham and quoting philosophers: three great questions in life: Who am I? Where did I come from? Where am I going? So, who are you, and where'd you come from? Who wants to go first? Well, I was born, <laughs> so yeah, I'm actually from here. Uh, I okay. was born in Cookville, Tennessee, 1967. Yeah, and uh, my dad was a pastor, mm-hmm. and my mom. Uh, also worked outside of the home. I was the baby of five children. Five. Wow. Yeah, I was uh, ten years later. Uh, they, I was not a prayed for baby. Let's put it that way. <laughs> uh, my That's, mom actually. Hey, they said, did a lot of praying after that. Don't let me mom, tell you. Yeah. My mom actually <laughs> said she cried for nine months. Uh, okay. Okay. Uh, so, That's but fine. yeah, born raised here in Cookville. Um, graduated high school here. Um, real quickly, um, I, in my high school years, I decided to, uh, I decided to, um, go my own way. I understand. Uh, church got boring. So I was going to go out and find freedom. Uh, and I found myself in a headlock, uh, with drugs and alcohol. I understand. And so, um, went away, uh, at the age of, uh, 23. Uh, for a drug treatment program for okay. a year mm-hmm. and a couple months. And, uh, man, Jesus set me free Amen. in that program, came back. Come on. And uh, Amen. we'll get into the rest of it, I guess, here in a little bit. But, yeah. Good deal. That's me. All right. Steve? Yeah. So, for me, I grew up in Tennessee, West Tennessee. 
grew up with a mom that was an atheist, a dad who was an agnostic, and so Jesus wasn't spoken much in the house, and it, if if he was, it wasn't in a good way. Uh, but they were good people. They loved me. They loved my sister. And, you know, God's got a sense of humor. They started busing the year that I was supposed to go to kindergarten. And so my mom and dad decided they didn't want me bused across town in Memphis to the inner city. Okay. So, yeah, so they, uh, so they put me in the closest private school, which just so happened to be a Christian school. Amen. And I remember the time that my mom was so mad because they said that we're going to have to buy a Bible. And she didn't know <laughs> where, to buy, where to buy a Bible or how to find one. And we went and got a Bible, and she thought that was the biggest waste of money. Uh, but growing up, I had friends that loved Jesus, and they would invite me to go to church with them. I had friends that prayed for me. I, I started going to a church, had an old lady that come pinch me in the cheek and say, I'm praying for you, Steve. Amen. And at 16, I gave my life to Jesus. Mm-hmm. And uh, I wasn't a bad kid like Bobby. I was a good kid. You know, I, <laughs> I rebelled against my parents then by going to church. He rebelled by leaving church. <laughs> my mom came to me one time. She said, you're going to church too much. You got to stop. And uh, Yeah, my mother never said that. No. <laughs> no. But isn't that funny? It's like in your teen years, yeah, you feel yeah, like you yeah. got to rebel. Mm-hmm. And my parents literally didn't want me to go to church all the time. Uh, so I got off to college. And met a bunch of people that were fired up for Jesus, and it was the first time I've been around people my age that were excited about what Jesus had done in their life. Started going on trips with them, mission trips and Bible studies, and and the Lord grabbed my heart when I was 19 and called me into full-time ministry. Didn't know what that meant, thought it might be missions. I've been overseas many times and been a youth pastor uh, and most recently planted a church in California and then planted the river here in Cookville. Did not know that. Yeah, been, wow. been a great journey. I loved it. Loved it. That's tough. Well, you know, it's um, great to have you guys here. Any other stories growing up or anything? Uh, Bobby, You, I know something more about your stories, but uh, it it's still the same issues, isn't it, in school sure. and peer pressure and probably worse today because you don't have the support groups we used to have. Sure. Is that Sure, absolutely. Well, the, George, the reason you know my story so well is because they used to publish it in the Herald Citizen. <laughs> yeah. It was not in the religious section, let's put it that way. <laughs> yeah. But uh, no, um, yeah, I think, uh, you know, it goes back to the same old um, uh, idea of you are who you hang around. No mm. question. And no I question. really, my dad was in somewhat smaller churches, rural no communities, and there wasn't youth groups per se. So when I would go to school, I didn't have a group. Support honestly. group, you didn't. I didn't, and mm-hmm. so I gravitated. I wasn't uh, athletic. I know it's hard to believe. Looking no, at me not now. now. But, yeah, <laughs> but uh, but so I just wanted to be accepted. Uh, wanted yeah. to have friends, and it just so happened it, it went into the direction of drugs, and and I, and I never realized it would take me as deep and as mm. far. That's mm. right. Uh, I. I I'm not. I'm not proud of this at all, but it helps me lean into people who have problems Amen. and addictions. Because uh, you know, it, it's one thing to go to Bible school, uh, and, and I and I did, and it's important. But I, I think where I really learned to lean into people is the experience that I had in my failures, mm-hmm. and so mm-hmm. and where Jesus rescued me. And so, but back to I didn't realize how deep into drugs I would get. I was just going to do it for a little while. Oh, sure, sure. You know, have fun with my friends in high mm-hmm. school and then quit it and mm-hmm. have a productive life. But by the time, actually by the time I was graduating high school, I was a full-blown addict. Sure. Um, I, I just sum up my testimony this way. People, I don't have to get into the 
nitty gritty of mm-hmm. what all I did. All I have to tell people is this. And when I go to jail and visit guys, I'll say this. Here's, here's where I got to. When your drug dealer is counseling you. You got a problem. You got a problem. Amen. And I had my drug dealer saying, dude, you're, you're out of control. Yeah. And, yeah. and even my friends uh, didn't want to party with me no more because I got so bad. I understand. So I would have died, George, without Jesus. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And if he hadn't intervene, intervened, I wouldn't be here today. Okay. Mm-hmm. You know, there's an old, there's a, sta- uh, a philosopher or something, only the wounded physician can heal. Mm-hmm. So the testimonies, mm-hmm. you don't have to do all that stuff right. to be effective. Right. You, mm-hmm. That's great. Steve, anything you want to? Well, you know, uh, Bobby dropped a great wisdom bomb there for us, which is, you know, who you run with. Mm-hmm. Oh. You know, parents, listen, I just can't tell you enough. Know who your kids are running with. You know, open your home and let them all be at your house. That's right. Bring them in. Love on them and make sure they're running with the right kids because that's probably what rescued me. I, I went the other way because I went to a Christian school. Uh, my friends, yeah. were, My friends were Christians. Uh, and they would invite me to spend the night. I didn't know it because I wasn't a Christian, but they'd invite me to spend the night on Saturday night. But to do that, I had to, had to go to church with them on Sunday. Mm-hmm. Right. And so that was part of how I started going to church, was spending the night with my friends, my Christian friends. And their parents loved me well. You know, they loved me well. And uh, that was a big part of my testimony, coming to know the Lord. That, and I had a man that uh, he was a recovering alcoholic and had lost his first marriage and had a broken relationship with his kids. And he had a choice when he came through recovery. He could either, you know, complain and whine about his life, or he could invest in others so they wouldn't have to do that. And he chose to invest, and he he chose to invest in me. He met me at church, and, man, he took me hiking. He took me biking. He took me camping. He took me on my first mission trip. And he chose to invest in me, and he's a big part of the reason that I sit in this chair today is because there was a man of God that chose to invest in a kid that wasn't his kid, and and he walked with me all through my life. He and I are still good friends today. He's in his eighties, and he's still he's still happening for God. I'll call him up and say, "What have you been doing?" He said, "Well, they had a tornado over here. I drove over to Arkansas today and cut wow. cut trees for eight hours. I'm tired." I'm like, and you know, if I can just sure. interrupt here real mm-hmm. quick, I, I listened to that uh, powerful testimony. What Steve's no saying, and so we both know this, George. Steve and the River Church makes a huge impact on this community. Huge. Huge. But no guess point. what? If that man hadn't impacted that's him. That's right. So a lot of the fruit that Steve sees right. is from that man mm-hmm. pouring it. And sometimes those people go unnoticed. Yeah. You know? Yeah. No question. Uh, so what what just shows you the power of influence in Amen. people's lives. And, and, you know, I think the older I get, George, and, and Bobby, I'm sure you feel the same way, is – I love to see my fruit grow in somebody else's trees. Yes, no I, I, I love to see young people get it. I love to see the Spirit of God come alive and me just, if I can just encourage them, if I can take the time and help direct them to be a man or woman of God, it's worth it. Because the Holy Spirit's the one that will stay with us all through our lives, Absolutely. even when somebody else can't be there. That's so good. You know, as you said that, all of, I, I was going back and thinking of people in my Sunday school class. Yeah. Uh, I mean, teachers. Teachers, yes. too, who one guy drove a garbage truck. We were a mission. Uh, and, and I think about the impact he had on my life. There's nothing wrong with driving a garbage Amen. truck. Amen. But I'm just saying that the the influence that one person can have and, the, and one word. It, Absolutely. Absolutely. We're going to take a little break here in just a second. I'm George Hawford. Uh, 
We're having a big time, guys. At least mm-hmm. I am. Uh, Steve Taboo and uh, Bobby Davis, and we'll be back in just uh, pretty soon. Okay? What's so important about shopping with locally owned businesses? When you shop local, your hard-earned dollars stay here in the community, helping to benefit your friends and neighbors, local schools, roads, and all aspects of community life. But what happens to my money if I spend it online or at a national chain store? In most cases, the profits go far away, out of state, corporate headquarters, or even overseas. It doesn't take any extra effort to shop local. Office Mart on South Jefferson and Cookville is your locally owned office furniture and supply store. For over 35 years, they've been proud to serve businesses in the Upper Cumberland with quality and value. You get real customer service, too. And unlike shopping online, you can actually see and try out the large inventory of office furniture in their showroom. And when it's delivered, it's not a box on your step. They're glad to install and set up everything. Office Mart. There's no other locally owned office store in the region. South Jefferson Avenue across from Hardee's. Shop local at Office Mart. Hello, George Hallford, Local Matters. Very excited today. I've, I've been excited for a long time about this program. I hope I'm correct, guys. Uh, ver- today's uh, session is on something I feel has been personally and others been needed for a long time. It's talking about the community of faith and the community, the values, and where we are in a community or region. Uh, and a state, and we'll even talk about the nation. But I'm very pleased to have two great friends, two great people, Bobby Davis, in no order, by the way, unless we're doing uh, youngest or oldest first, and I'll let y'all figure that out. Bobby Davis, a pastor of Life Church, and Steve Tebow, the pastor of The River. Yeah, yeah, we're glad to be here. And, uh, and uh, you know, Bobby is the oldest. Let's just clarify that from the beginning. Can we do that? Okay. That's why right. everything on his head is gray. Everything. I would rather, I would rather use the word mature. That's it. That's <laughs> it. Mature. If our audience can't tell, these guys are friends. And that's yeah. one of the things we want to talk about today is is the, the relationships among, the, uh, among our ministry, right. among our churches, among people. And, again, this is just one little snapshot. There mm-hmm. are more. Obviously, the community of faith is broader. It encompasses a lot more people. And, but we want to start and talk to you guys. Uh, and i got to be quiet. That, that's a tough job, Bobby. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to work on that. The um, first part of our program is this, this program is really about interesting people from all walks of life who every day make a difference or, or have a skill or in our community, in our region. And so it, it, can, it, it can vary greatly, and today we have y'all, you guys. You can say y'all. y'all. We're, we're both from here. No, I, I we're both actually, from Tennessee. Yeah, I can yeah. handle I'm Ewan's. From, I'm from Ewan's. Yeah, Ewan's. <laughs> where, I don't know where mine came from. I'm from Mississippi. No, I'm y'all. Yeah, you're y'all too. Oh, yeah. what happened? But anyway, let's start, and we can start with either one of y'all. Let, let's start with birth. Okay. And, and go all the way through, but don't spend a lot of time in high school. But, you know, <laughs> Billy Graham and quoting philosophers, three great questions in life. Who am I? Where did I come from? Where am I going? So who are you and where would you come from? Who wants to go first? Well, I was born. <laughs> so, yeah, I'm actually from here. Uh, I was okay. born in Cookville, Tennessee, 1967. Yeah. And uh, my dad was a pastor mm-hmm. and my mom uh, also worked outside of the home. I was the baby of five children. Five. Wow. Yeah, I was uh, ten years later. Uh, they 
I was not a prayed-for baby. Let's put it that way. <laughs> uh, my mom actually they, they said— They did a lot of praying after that, don't let me mom, tell you. My <laughs> mom actually said she cried for nine months. Uh, okay. Okay. Uh, so, but yeah, born and raised here in Cookville. Um, graduated high school here. Um, real quickly, um, I, in my high school years, I decided to— uh, I decided to— um, Go my own way. I understand. Uh, church got boring, I so I was going to go out and find freedom, uh, and I found myself in a headlock uh, with drugs and alcohol. I understand. And so um, went away uh, at the age of uh, 23 uh, for a drug treatment program for uh-huh. a year mm-hmm. and a couple months. And, uh, man, Jesus set me free Amen. in that program. Came back. Come on. And um, Amen. We'll get into the rest of it, I guess, here in a little bit. But, yeah. Good deal. That's me. All right. Steve? Yeah. So, for me, I grew up in Tennessee, West Tennessee. Grew up with a mom that was an atheist, a dad who was an agnostic. And so, Jesus wasn't spoken much in the house. And it, if if he was, it wasn't in a good way. Uh, but they were good people. They loved me. They loved my sister. And, you know, God's got a sense of humor. They started busing the year that I was supposed to go to kindergarten. And so my mom and dad decided they didn't want me bust across town in Memphis to the inner city. Okay. So, yeah, so they uh, so they put me in the closest private school, which just so happened to be a Christian school. Amen. And I remember the time that my mom was so mad because they said that we're going to have to buy a Bible, and she didn't know <laughs> where, to buy, where to buy a Bible or how to find one. And we went and got a Bible, and she thought that was the biggest waste of money. Uh, but growing up, I had friends that loved Jesus. And they would invite me to go to church with them. I had friends that prayed for me. I started going to a church. Had an old lady that come pinch me in the cheek and say, I'm praying for you, Steve. Amen. And at 16, I gave my life to Jesus. Mm-hmm. And uh, I wasn't a bad kid like Bobby. I was a good kid. You know, I, <laughs> I rebelled against my parents then by going to church. He rebelled by leaving church. <laughs> my mom came to me one time. She said, you're going to church too much. You got to stop. And, uh, wow. Yeah, my mother never said that. Yeah. No. <laughs> no. But isn't that funny? It's like in your teen years, yeah, you feel yeah, like you yeah. got to rebel. Mm-hmm. And my parents literally didn't want me to go to church all the time. Uh, so I got off to college and met a bunch of people that were fired up for Jesus. And it was the first time I've been around people my age that were excited about what Jesus had done in their life. Started going on trips with them, mission trips and Bible studies. And, and the Lord grabbed my heart when I was 19 and called me into full-time ministry, didn't know what that meant, thought it might be missions. I've been overseas many times and been a youth pastor uh, and most recently planted a church in California and then planted the river here in Cookville. Did not know that. Yep, been, wow. a, been a great journey. I loved it, loved it. That's tough. Well, you know, it's um, great to have you guys here. Any other stories growing up or anything? Uh, Bobby, You, I know something more about your stories, but uh, it— it's still the same issues, isn't it, in school sure. and peer pressure and probably worse today because you don't have the support groups we used to have. Sure, it? sure, absolutely. Well, the, George, the reason you know my story so well is because they used to publish it in the Herald Citizen. <laughs> yeah. It was not in the religious section, let's put it that way. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, no, um, yeah, I think, uh, you know, it goes back to the same old um, – uh, idea of you are who you hang around. No mm. question. And no I really, my dad was in somewhat smaller churches, rural. No question. Community, and there wasn't youth groups per se. 
So when I would go to school, I didn't have a group. Support honestly. group. You didn't. I didn't. And mm-hmm. so I gravitated. I wasn't uh, athletic. I know it's hard to believe. Looking no, at me not now. now. But, I, yeah. <laughs> but, uh, but so I just wanted to be accepted. I uh, wanted yeah. to have friends. And it just so happened it, it went into the direction of drugs. And, and, I, and I never realized it would take me as deep and as mm. far. That's right. Uh, I, I, I'm, not, I'm not proud of this at all, but it helps me lean into people who have problems Amen. and addictions. Because, uh, you know, it, it's one thing to go to Bible school, uh, and, and, I, and I did, and it's important. But I think where I really learned to lean into people is the experience that I had and my failures. Mm-hmm. And so, and where Jesus rescued me. And so, but back to, I didn't realize how deep into drugs I would get. I was just going to do it for a little while. Oh, sure, sure. You know, have fun with my friends in high mm-hmm. school and then quit it and mm-hmm. have a productive life. But by the time, actually by the time I was graduating high school, I was a full-blown addict. Sure. Um, I, I just sum up my testimony this way. People, I don't have to get into the nitty-gritty of mm-hmm. what all I did. All I have to tell people is this. And when I go to jail and visit guys, I'll say this. Here's, here's where I got to. When your drug dealer is counseling you, you got a problem. You got a problem. Amen. And I had my drug dealer saying, "Dude, you're you're out of control." Yeah. And yeah. and even my friends uh, didn't want to party with me no more because I got so bad. I understand. So I would have died, George, without Jesus. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. If he hadn't mm-hmm. intervened, intervened, I wouldn't be here today. Okay. Mm-hmm. You know, there's no there's a sta- uh, a philosopher or something. Only the wounded physician can heal. Mm-hmm. So the testimonies, mm-hmm. you don't have to do all that stuff right. to be effective. Right. Mm-hmm. You, that's great. Steve, anything you want to? Well, you know, uh, Bobby dropped a great wisdom bomb there for us, which is you know, who you run with. Mm-hmm. Oh. You know, parents, listen, I just can't tell you enough. Know who your kids are running with. You know, open your home and let them all be at your house. That's right. Bring them in. Love on them and make sure they're running with the right kids because that's probably what rescued me. I, I went the other way because I went to a Christian school. Uh, my friends yeah. were, my friends were Christians, uh, and they would invite me to spend the night. I didn't know it because I wasn't a Christian, but they'd invite me to spend the night on Saturday night. But to do that, I had to, had to go to church with them on Sunday. Mm-hmm. And so that was part of how I started going to church was spending the night with my friends, my Christian friends. And their parents loved me well. You know, they loved me well. And uh, that was a big part of my testimony, coming to know the Lord. That and I had a man that uh, he was a recovering alcoholic and had lost his first marriage and had a broken relationship with his kids. And he had a choice when he came through recovery. He could either, you know, complain and whine about his life, or he could invest in others so they wouldn't have to do that. And he chose to invest, and he he chose to invest in me. He met me at church, and, man, he took me hiking. He took me biking. He took me camping. He took me on my first mission trip. And he chose to invest in me, and he's a big part of the reason that I sit in this chair today is because there was a man of God that chose to invest in a kid that wasn't his kid, and and he walked with me all through my life. He and I are still good friends today. He's in his eighties, and he's still he's still happening for God. I'll call him up and say, "What have you been doing?" He said, "Well, they had a tornado over here. I drove over to Arkansas today and cut wow. cut trees for eight hours. I'm tired." I'm like, and you know, if I can just sure. interrupt here real mm-hmm. quick, I, I listened to that uh, powerful testimony. Of what Steve's no saying, and so we both know this, George. Steve and the River Church makes a huge impact on this community. Huge. Huge. 
But no guess point. what? If that man hadn't impacted that's him. That's right. So a lot of the fruit that Steve sees that's right. is from that man mm-hmm. pouring it. And sometimes those people go unnoticed. Yeah. You know? Yeah. No question. Uh, so what what just shows you the power of influence in Amen. people's lives. And, and, you know, I think the older I get, George, and, and Bobby, I'm sure you feel the same way, is I love to see my fruit grow in somebody else's trees. Yes. No I, I, I love to see young people get it. I love to see the Spirit of God come alive and me just, if I can just encourage them, if I can take the time and help direct them to be a man or woman of God, it's worth it. Because the Holy Spirit's the one that will stay with us all through our lives, Absolutely. even when somebody else can't yeah. be there. That's so good. You know, as you said that, all of, I, I was going back and thinking of people in my Sunday school class. Yeah. Uh, I mean, teachers. Teachers, yes. too, who one guy drove a garbage truck. We were a mission. Uh, and, and I think about hit the impact he had on my life. There's nothing wrong with driving a garbage Amen. truck. But I'm just saying that the the influence that one person can have and, the, and one word Absolutely. is we're going to take a little break here in just a second. I'm George Hawford. Uh, we're having a big time, guys. At least mm-hmm. I am. Uh, Steve Taboo and uh, Bobby Davis, and we'll be back in just uh, pretty soon. Okay? George Hawford, uh, Steve Taboo, and Bobby Davis, and uh, I'm having a good time, guys, and I, I hope you mm-hmm. are. Yeah. And I'm learning to listen a little better this time. I'm getting a little better. Well, we've talked about where we've been, and we've talked about who you are and who who you where you've been, and then we've talked about where we perception of where we are today in this uh, community, region, state, and nation. And now let's look in the crystal ball with God's help and uh, uh, talk about the future, where you see things just in the same categories of, of where where you think we're going right now. Um, and I'll I'll just throw it to you, either one. Well, you know, when I came here, one of the things I had read before I came that really disturbed me was that there was no county in America that between 1990 and 2000 had seen an increase in their their church population. Really? Yeah, not one in America. I was shocked. And I said, well, what if Putnam County is that one? Well, what if Putnam County is the one county— that, that we see that. And I tell you what, if you look back at the, the growth, we were with, like you said, 21 pastors today. And I would dare say almost every one of those would say that their churches are growing mm-hmm. and, yes, and healthy are. and in a good spot. Yeah. So for us, we wanted to see that continue. I mean, in the Bible, they had 3,000 people saved in one day. I hadn't got to see that yet, but I'm still in the expectation, <laughs> right? Great. And right. we're starting something new. We started new last year, and we're continuing it this year. Those 21 pastors were coming together because 21 churches are coming together for 21 days to pray and fast and ask God for the Upper Cumberland, to, to pray for the blessing of the Upper Cumberland, for God's love to pour upon the Upper Cumberland, to pray for our leaders to have courage in this season. And it was it was fun. Each one of them is going to do a different devotional each day, and each one of them is going to share a little five minute video encouragement, and that's going to take off in January. So I, wow. I'm excited about that. I know Bobby is as well. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we uh, as we said, we did it last year, okay. uh, and there was 11 churches, I believe, yep. last year. Mm-hmm. So uh, doubled. Wow, uh, that's you know, great. The churches are almost doubled. And uh, But I think, and we won't take time, uh, George, to go over all the stories because it would take up the whole segment, but we saw miracles last year mm-hmm. at the river and our church and, and, and people's lives. Uh, you know, um, God said, if you will seek my face Amen. and pray, 
and 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 call upon me out here and we saw it happen last yeah. year and we're believing for big things this year yeah cool story yeah. was we were doing this together and we shot a video about it together last year with some other pastors and i'm in kroger and somebody from bobby's church comes up to me and says pastor we're we're fasting and praying for my wife's health and uh, he said, will you pray with us? I said, yes. Yeah. So we prayed in Kroger in the produce section. <laughs> and, you know, they went back and they were part of life. Well, they came back later, months later, and said, I want you to know God healed my wife. And he was all excited. I know it was a big, big miracle for, for Life Church. And, I mean, they were celebrating it. And But how cool is that that we got to see that in multiple churches because we're partnering together? And so that, that's what we want to see is uh, our people partnering together in the workplace to pray for their workplace. Instead of saying, oh, my church is better than yours or right. my church's denomination is right. No, that's garbage. Yeah. We're saying Jesus is right, <laughs> and we want to talk about him, and let's talk about him together. Absolutely. And I think he and I have had this relationship for years. Yeah, yeah, it's obvious, uh, very uh, obvious. For years. And uh, – you know, I, I I was saying this on our last segment before we ended. You know, if if we'll look at it as it's Team Jesus, man, mm-hmm. his team, he he bought the team with his blood. So it's not my people. No, it's not you. No, I wasn't on the cross. It's no. not my people. Yeah, yeah. And so and so, I look at it like this: all of us pastors in town, we're just part of of I believe Team Jesus's baseball team. Yeah. Yeah. We can't have a golfer mentality where I've got my own scorecard. Right. And so I believe this. When the river, Stephen Street, First Baptist, College Side, uh, when one of those churches hit a home run for Jesus, mm-hmm. I just scored. That's right. I just scored. That's because right. because when they hit a home run, when people are born again, that's more people coming into the kingdom. And mm-hmm. so that's what I really believe Jesus was praying about in John 17 mm-hmm. is uh, – what did John the Baptist say? He must decrease. I must decrease so that he can increase. That's right. That's right. And so I, I really believe this, and I think this is. I, I know this is Steve's heart. Uh, is we just want to see? We want to make Jesus more famous. Mm-hmm. That's what. We're, that's what mm-hmm. we're in town for is to make him famous. You know, you've alluded, and not alluded. You said this more than once in this program. How this transcends or manifests itself in everything we do—the government, yes, the, the va- it values Absolutely. the Judeo-Christian ethic, the values. That's Absolutely, pretty, that's the broader thing. Mm-hmm. You said earlier, one of you did. I think Bobby, you may have heard, that. You know, there there are some good people here. They're not necessarily in our faith or whatever, but but they are. Everybody is affected when you have a value-based. Community Absolutely. born out of our religious experience and heritage. Well, think about this, a minute, George. So I'm I'm 56. That's not necessarily old, but that's not young anymore. Okay? Uh, that's so, older than me. Yeah. It's older than me. Well, but I mean, you know, so 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 I've lived a few years. I understand. Okay, if you want to see what happens to a organization, a nation, uh, a state, or a community. When you remove Christian values, that's right. Just look at our nation. That's right. And I love America. I love America. Mm-hmm. But my my dad's been in heaven for twenty years. If he came back, he wouldn't know this. Place. No, no, man wouldn't. And because have. what have we seen though? We've seen uh, uh, an increase in, in immorality, and and we've seen an increase in uh, I, you know let's 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 push God out. We don't want to talk about God. I mean that's a crime today. 
And when that happens, as God decreases, immorality increases right. and it affects families. It affects uh, everything. Yeah. So faith is very important. It's the most important, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Steve, you got anything on that? Is that Well, I would just, again, agreeing with Bobby, that for us, if if we'll walk that out, you know, if we'll walk that out day by day, then we'll see the fruits of it. Absolutely. But if we reject God and do that day by day, we'll see the fruits of that too. That's right. And I I think there's, in this day and age, we are seeing two clear camps that are, that are growing very, very different. Mm-hmm. And our camp would be the camp that says, listen, we can love people even if we disagree with right. them. Amen. And Amen. That, that's one thing I keep telling people. I, I may not agree with you on everything or anything, but I still love you because the Bible says all mankind is created in the image of God. That's exactly Amen. right. Amen. I, I don't have to agree with you on my own religion. I don't have to agree with you on politics. I don't have to agree with you on much of anything, but I can still respect, honor, and truly love you because of what Christ has done for me. And that's the camp I want to be in. I don't want to be in the let's argue about everything. I want to be in the camp that says let's talk about the the things that God has given us because yeah. I mean we live in a beautiful town I mean Wonderful. the leaves just yeah. changed it was yeah. awesome I love yeah. it we can go kayaking backpacking oh. waterfalling I mean this sounds like a chamber guy I'm just, <laughs> hey. I'm just no, saying we're living, in, we're living in God's kingdom I'm right just now. saying and, and we got I mean just a great community and if you can't find joy in in this arena might need to look inside Absolutely. inside your heart because. Uh, now, don't get me wrong. People go through tough seasons. Uh, I've been in tough seasons. No question. But even in those tough seasons, if I'm reaching out to my brothers and sisters in Christ, they're walking me through that. And that's what we want our churches to do is to walk those that are hurting through the tough seasons. And that's one of the things that I'll, I'll just say Bobby's church uh, at Life Church, they do a great job. Uh, you know, I talked to a lot of other people, whether it's Will Roberts. We have a guy Will named Roberts, James Patton oh, yeah. that does the same thing. We both have ministries, recovery ministries. That, that we don't throw people aside when they go through that stuff. No, no, we, we just recognize that's the time to pick them up and carry them. That's the time we're supposed to put them on the stretcher. You know, that's the time we're supposed to, as, as happened with Jesus, cut the hole in the roof and say we're going all in to help our friends. That's it. Well, that's who that's what Jesus did. I know. That's why the the religious crowd hated Jesus mm-hmm. because he didn't give up on people. Like right. a young preacher's kids who's on drugs. I understand. Mm-hmm. You know, there was some people wanted to give up, but mm-hmm. but Jesus doesn't give up. Mm-hmm. And uh, and so um, I've always said that, that I want our church to be a hospital. Messed nope. up people are welcome here. That's right. Yep. That's and right. I tell the church, you know why they're welcome here? Because they'll fit in with you. That's mm-hmm. right. Because they ain't but one perfect in the church, and That's he's right. at the right hand of the Father. The rest of us, we're practicing righteousness. Yeah. Yeah. But the hospital doesn't leave you sick. That's exactly right. That's the difference. That's it's, the it's, difference. We're, we're, we've got to walk people through, hey, you're broken, yeah. we're yeah. broken, but Jesus isn't. So here's the medicine. Follow Christ. Right, right. I, I, had, I had to clarify that a while back in the message because yeah. I, I had a guy that got mad at me for preaching a truth in the Bible. Well, he didn't get angry, but he came up and well, I thought okay. you said this was a hospital. And I said, yeah, not the comfort in. Yeah, <laughs> you right. don't go to a hospital to be comfortable. Right. Uh, no, they make no. you very uncomfortable to make Sometimes you Sometimes they do really painful things Absolutely. to get you better. Absolutely. Yeah. But, yeah, I think, George, this segment is on where we're going. We're believing, along with all these other pastors. Yeah. There we're was great unity today. Yes, great yeah. unity. Had fun with each other. Had a lot of excitement in the room about Ab- what God was doing in each church. Absolutely, in each church. And I just believe that the more we invite God into our community, mm-hmm. the more he's going to elevate. The Bible says righteousness exalteth That's a nation. Right. 
Mm-hmm. But uh, wickedness is a reproach to any people. Yeah. So I think we're going good places, God places. That's great. You know, growing up, it was always, well, you're going to be a minister or go to Zimbabwe or, you know. <laughs> but it, we were talking about this off air. It's here I am, Lord, send me. It's every mm-hmm. day. What Absolutely. are we all doing mm-hmm. to uh, to promote goodness, too? Mm-hmm. At the very least. Like, and, uh, you know, you come to our community, you pro- you're expected to behave yourself. Yeah, <laughs> yep. right? I mean, you mentioned hanging around people. It's just a, it's a value and a Isn't norm. that a crazy expectation? Though? Just behave. I mean, just expect people not to. Yeah, just behave yourself. Behave. Just be yeah. good. And I, I, I see the goodness Absolutely. all over this community. I, I mean, do too. So we're, we're uh, and you mentioned the Jesus Revolution. We're talking mm-hmm. about that off. You feel that there is a movement going on. Well, I'll tell you, we've seen a lot of young people from the college and from our church that are excited about the things of the Lord again. And I don't know if you call it a revolution. Maybe it's a a spark or a little skirmish at this moment, but I, I see that there's a spark, there's a fire that's that I don't know was there 10 years ago. Yeah. We don't want to count out any generation. Amen. Right. Amen. Jesus has got a remnant for every generation. That's right. The 55ers yeah. are pretty fired up, too, right, right. now. Amen. Yeah. Right. <laughs> so is above that. George Hawford <laughs> with Steve Taboo and Bobby Davis. And uh, I feel better. Thank you very much. Thank you, Thank George. You. Thanks, George.